Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, After Buzzers. Welcome to another Unreal After Show. I'm your host, Sam Davidson. If you guys haven't done so already, please go online, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, The Works. Rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate hearing from you, hearing your support, what you have to say. And, of course, we also love hearing from you on Twitter. This week, we're covering Season 1, Episode 7, titled Savior. We have a very special guest in the studio with us tonight, Miss Natasha Wilson. <laughs> Thank you. Who plays Maya. Yes. Who we had to say goodbye to this week, sadly, as well. And, of course, <laughs> Asia Monet here. Be sure to follow me at Asia M. Selden, and that's spelled A-J-A for those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to tweet at me during the show, Sam Davidson, Sam D forty three after Buzz TV two. You guys hit us up and let us know anywhere we can tweet at you. Yes, Natasha Wilson. Oh, that that's easy. It's amazing. <laughs> so this week was pretty heavy. Oh, was that it? A lot. Of course, yeah, you did. As usual, what, what's expected, especially coming back from, well, picking up from where we left off. It was such an intense moment to kind of see Mary in that, uh, in that last scene or last shot of her. So it was kind of putting all the pieces back together. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for all of us, even just filming it. That I can imagine. Yeah, it, it seemed mm-hmm. that way. It, it came across that way. It really did because, you know, when you think about it, these people are, it, even when Chet says it, we're a family, like, they are kind of living together 24-7, so for the time being, they are. Yeah, they're spending more time with each other than with their own real families. Mm-hmm. It's as close to a family as you can get in that time period. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a little messed <laughs> up, um, but, you know, it was an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. Extremely touching in so many ways, too. Like, not just the focus on the suicide or the physical abuse that Mary's husband endured onto her or uh, that she had endured or her child and the custody battles, but, like, also legal questions about who really is liable mm-hmm. and what really is the right thing to do in that circumstance after someone has already passed away. Do you ring the alarm and take responsibility for it and shut a show down and ruin the lives of 170 employers? Or... Uh, sorry, employees, or do you try to hide it and carry on? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you do? And that, you raise a really good point in touching on the whole family aspect, but with family, you don't like everybody. Let's just keep it real. Mm-hmm. But you kind of saw how they all kind of banded together and were like, okay, you know what? We may have our disagreements, but we have to kind of cover our, you know what? So it was really, not really good, but you kind of saw them how, how, you saw how they banded together to try to save face. Mm -hmm. And like Quinn did raise a good point about that. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to go tell the truth or do you want to kind of save 170 employees? Mm -hmm. And so it was really, it was refreshing slightly. Slightly. Yeah. Just a little bit. 
And, you know, it made Unreal real for Mm -hmm. everybody. I think so, too. Yeah, it was a point in the, finally, in the show where you get to understand the struggles of the villain characters. You understand Quinn's struggles and how she has to hold it all together all the time and how she truly loves Chet and is blown away when he tells her he's leaving his wife. Mm -hmm. You know, all that vulnerability is covered up with her workaholic nature and her short-wittedness. But at the end of the day, everyone just wants a sense of nurturing and care from someone else yeah absolutely including rachel mm-hmm. oh yeah her the most oh gosh I, in this episode i saw her be the most vulnerable um that I, that i think we've all seen thus far as far as even the scene between her and jeremy she kind of seemed like she kind of lost it yeah for a moment that was a, a moment where we kind of saw rachel drop the ball Absolutely. Well, before we continue, we'd like to thank our sponsor for sponsoring the show, Mazda. And Mazda has a very important question for you. Does driving matter to you? There's over 4 million miles of road in the U.S. to find out. That's a lot of ground to cover. A lot of highways, freeways, wrong ways, long ways. They're all there, waiting to be driven on. So do you take that left turn at Albuquerque or just keep going? Do you wake up early Sunday morning for a drive before the traffic does? Or do you take the long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out and drive. Why? Because driving matters. Mazda. Thank you very much, Mazda. (laughs) Thank you, Mazda. All right, so let's start off by talking about what basically happens right after Mary jumps, which is where the episode picks up, right where we left off. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Rachel is still there with her hand out. Yes, she is in utter shock. Not because she thinks it's on her, but because she has lost someone that she was supposed to protect. Mm Mm-hmm. And even going back to the whole drop the ball thing but she kept saying like I had her hand Mm -hmm. I had her and that was a moment where she could not really control the circumstances we see her a lot being able to manipulate characters or have things turn out in her favor and this was one time where she wasn't in control she wasn't the puppet master Mm -hmm. so and I also Mm -hmm. feel like what Mary said before she jumped is and Rachel didn't bring it up but you know she said come with me in this creepy way that's like I know you're one you're crazy like me kind of and Mm -hmm. I think that even though we didn't even talk about that this episode Rachel is probably not ever going to tell anybody that you know and that's why the writing is so so deep and Mm -hmm. so smart and it takes a certain kind of viewer who understands this topic matter to catch the little nuances of things like that. It's like, even though Rachel's on the other end of the camera, she's she's going through just as much of a personal struggle as as all of the uh, contestants as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why she says, come, come with me. You know, get out of your doom and your hell and come to this glorious side of just not having to be alive anymore. Ugh. Because we kind of, well, we kind of, in a sense, saw her battling between her morals and what she thought was in her job description or those type of responsibilities. So she had a lot going on psychologically, I would say, including things, elements from her past that, of course, have affected her work relationships and things like that. So she has a lot going on. And in that moment, I, too, think that was a vulnerable moment for her where it was kind of like... It was kind of like she had to face reality, basically. She had to face reality and face the circumstances of her own reality and Mary's as well, because that could have been her. Mm-hmm. So, And, you know, we go straight ahead. Well, first of all, Jeremy, which we will get into later, but he's right up there the second he thinks that Rachel's in trouble. Oh, yeah, that's his first go-to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he wants to save the situation. He 
probably has an idea of what's going on, doesn't really know how to step on someone else's toes, you know, so he has to take a back seat, but he's right in there trying to protect, trying to repair any sort of lost relationships and mm-hmm. take, take uh, you know, take control over the emergency state. I, I got that a little bit, but slightly I felt like, mate, was he trying to take advantage because she knew, he knew that she was vulnerable? I feel like he knows she's, her weakness being the way he kind of pushed himself upon her or was kind of like not straddling her but I just felt like he was just taking advantage for us for a certain moment of time. I, I don't know. We'll get into their sexy time later because when I just say it really quickly when I was watching it I was like you better not fake us again guys. You better not not do it. <laughs> I want to see it happen. Do it, do it. And they did. But again, we will get into that. But on a sadder note, you know, Quinn literally has blood on her hands. Mm -hmm. And it's both very metaphorical Mm -hmm. and literal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're in a state of shock, but they're also like, we're totally screwed. And they're so thankful when Shia comes forward because finally they don't have to really deal with it. They had a choice to just put it all on Shia and call it a day, but they did band together as a family would and protect her. And Shia was kind enough and I guess had that much of a conscience to to have to come forward with this. And I don't think now thinking, looking back on it, I don't think that Shia is a bad person. I feel like that job has turned her into who she is on that show. Mm-hmm. To me, she sort of resembled a Rachel, maybe mm-hmm. a more adolescent or younger, fresh on the job type of rookie um, on the job. She really kind of resembled Rachel. And I feel like we, we haven't really touched on how Rachel came into play or how right. she was brought onto the show. But for a moment, I felt that Rachel was probably in that position. And like Jay touched on, Quinn is very loyal to her own. Um, she's very protective over them, but of course, it's for a reason, which we find mm-hmm. out later in the end. She kind of wants you to feel like I got you and then dispose of you when she, when you're of no longer use to her. So that's what I kind of got. But I definitely saw Rachel, saw, saw some of Rachel in Shia for that moment. It's interesting. I feel like there's a, there's an actress, Genevieve, who plays one of the, one of the assistants. You know, she always has pigtails and she's always like, "Mm, I'm sorry. Oh, the PA. Yeah, the PA. I feel like there's a progression of, you know, first you start like that. Then you go into a Shia position when you, when you're promoted. Then you get into a Rachel position when you're further promoted. And then you get to a Quinn position. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like different shades of that same, that same gray. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I literally was just thinking about the PA and I was like, you know, because before, I said this is Shia and then there's Rachel and then there's Quinn they're all versions of each other yes but then this episode I was like whoa they're putting the PA in a little bit more she's gonna maybe be the next Shia do you know what I mean it's the evolution yeah and that's how it works in in agencies and Mm -hmm. in in any business right you start off in the mail room and next thing you know right you're a shark but but, you know it's almost though even their personalities their views on things because this girl the PA, she, I'm sorry, what was her name again? Uh, her name is Genevieve oh, in, in real life. In real life. <laughs> I know. I, I don't even know if they've said her name that much. You know, she's like, the PA, the PA. But she seems very innocent and like, let's spin this into a positive. Yes, she even speaks about her mom and says, mm-hmm. my mom taught me mm-hmm. to and, take, yeah, to take know. bad things and spin it into yeah. a positive. 
But I feel as if those are the type of individuals that Quinn or people in her position leech on. I mm. feel like they feel like they're easily able to be manipulated and gullible because let's be real. If somebody with a stronger mindset such as myself was to be in that position and watch all of that gone, I would have walked away. Yeah, but you know what? Everyone says that. I, me knowing me, you're right. <laughs> me knowing me, I would have walked away. I put my morals before anything because mm-hmm. I stand by my brand and I stand by what I associate myself with. So given the girl's mindset so far, granted she is positive, but she has a lot of ways in which they can switch that in. I mean, Shia, she's off of the show or whatever Quinn says, but that's a perfect way for her to kind of step into light. You see another role or position of power. Are you going to kind of let that fall by the wayside or try to, you know, get yourself acclimated to the way things are run and walk into that position? What happens is in that type of in that time of career choice, you give everything up to, 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 to be better, to do more, to get further. And when the, every your whole life is at stake, you're going to make probably the seemingly wrong choice in order to move ahead just because you've thrown everything to the wayside for mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. I mean, it's... You know, we see the the struggle that Shia goes through, and she probably. Mm. Oh, you know, I think her name is Rachel, the PA. I want to say it's maybe no, not no, Rachel. No, no, no. Sherry Appleby plays Rachel. No, not Rachel. Um, something like Rachel. It's like Lauren or something. I don't know. Comment. I should know this. Yeah. <laughs> so should <laughs> I. You know what? They don't say her name often, but I honestly <laughs> think that she seems to be a version of Shia. Shia, I think, started off nice because yeah. you could see the pain in her yeah that she was experiencing and same with rachel but rachel's was more shock like i couldn't fix this and shia i mean shia went too far you know shia i feel like she's almost testing the waters with it because it's so Mm. not like her now that i'm really reflecting back on it she just seems so uncomfortable when she's doing bad things Mm -hmm. as if i know i'm not supposed to do this but i'm gonna do it anyway Mm -hmm. so it doesn't seem natural to her so it kind of looks as if she's putting on the front, trying to be something or trying to do something she knows she has no business doing. But for the sake of her job and where she wants to be, it's kind of like, I kind of got to do it. So I kind of get that with her. She just mm-hmm. seems uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting caught, too, at the same that time. Part. Because a lot of the things that the producers do are really bad. And mm-hmm. if they were to have been caught, then that would have been terrible. But mm-hmm. they're not. And not to jump ahead, but basically what Rachel does with the suicide note. Mm -hmm. If anyone were to ever find out that she forged a suicide note and then had the sister read it on national television, that would be beyond anything. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, because they're really good at covering that kind of stuff up. Mm -hmm. Especially when the sister knew that that was not... That was not Mary's writing. Yeah. And, but it worked to her benefit. So then what, what was more right? Was it more right, you know, for the child to go into, uh, the custody of an abusive father? Or is it right then to have a fake suicide note and save this little girl's life? Yeah. There's really interesting dilemmas and conundrums in the it, episode. I absolutely agree. When I saw the sister come into play and I saw her sit on the couch, her body, her composure kind of not, it's not that it seemed uneasy, but it's already, to me, she came in there with a motive Driven, or yeah. Exactly. She knew what she was there to do and she was ready to play the game for the sake of her niece. Um, we're talking about a child in the situation. So she did like she, she did what she had to do. And me, I know mm-hmm. my sister like the back of my hand. I know how she writes. I know the things that she'll say. And mm-hmm. even the note specifically, to me, it didn't sound like a mother wrote that because they gave too many details to an adolescent child talking about why she took the pills or things of that nature. And to me, I was just like, you wouldn't tell your 
I wouldn't I don't know if my mother would have told me so that much information so I felt like she kind of it was too detailed almost it was interesting because it was put in the teddy bear so it was almost as if I mean, for a moment, I wasn't sure if it was, when we were doing the read-through, I wasn't sure if it was fake or not. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I thought there was maybe a chance that Mary had written a little note like that. I mean, her kid is four years old, you're right. But I thought because she put it in the teddy bear that eventually, over the years, one day, it would be a discovery. But it was only when we did the read-through and the other character, her sister, came in that we realized. Well, let's get into how the other ladies in the house. Yeah. Especially Maya. Yeah, Maya. Who, you know, really steps up this episode. (laughs) I mean, she, I've really enjoyed, you know, Maya's storylines throughout the whole thing. And I, like, you know, wish I could see more of her. Aw, thank you. Yeah, I loved her, too. (laughs) Yeah, no, Maya, what's great about Maya is she's non-confrontational until it gets to a certain point. So she's not just going to, you know, flip the switch at something minimal and minute and, you know, pointless to talk about or fight about like these other girls do. They get in cat fights. They, you know, talk about not to say anorexia, you know, it's not something worth fighting about. But, you know, she doesn't she kind of withholds any drama. Mm hmm. And it's only when it gets to a point where something has to be said that she will finally say something. And not in a way to belittle anyone, but more in a way of trying to save everyone right. from something that they're not aware of. That's true. And I noticed, too, this episode with your character, with Maya, that was one contestant in which they actually let walk away. Because usually they go until the end of the world um, yeah, to like try to, to get, get the girl exactly back. To get the girl yeah. back yes. or to stay. But at that moment, I was like, I found that really... Not funny, but it was kind of different to kind of see how they actually let you walk away. And she walks you to the car and closed the door yes. for you. And we always see Rachel trying to flip something or manipulate mm-hmm. something yes. to kind of get the girl to stay. And so that probably was Rachel knowing or becoming aware that I know this is probably best for you or for yes. this situation. Yeah, that so. was her truly protecting a contestant for mm-hmm. once. Which she felt like she, felt she failed. On, and with Mary, so I feel like with you, she's like, okay, this is almost giving me another opportunity to do something right. I'm going to let her go home. I also fight. think that she, because she had put her hand up when we were with the therapist, and I asked the girls, you know, am I the only one that, that really sees what's going on here? I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. Nobody says anything. Mm-hmm. They actually look at me like, uh... Huh? You know, they're all looking at me like, what is this crazy woman doing? But Rachel says, I get it. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's a moment, like, it was almost like I held a mirror up to her. You know, a part of me lives in her and Mm -hmm. a part of her lives in me. And that's, I think, why she let me go. That's really interesting. I never thought about that before, but you're totally right. Because you said before we started the show that Rachel is, like, very similar in, a, you know, going through a lot of the same things that the girls are, but mm-hmm. behind the camera. But your character and her character specifically do kind of mirror each other. I mean, I always really liked Maya. And then, you know, I still wanted to talk about this the whole Roger thing. Yes. I, you know, this show talks about so many big, important issues, and I mm-hmm. don't at all think we glossed over it, but there's so mm-hmm. many other things things to get to Mm -hmm. but that was such a big really messed up thing that happened well what's crazy is when we shot it uh, 
the directors and producers, we had lunch right after, and they were just they were just devastated. They actually couldn't even really eat. They said it was so hard to watch those takes of just the takes of coming out of the of the of the pool house, just mm-hmm. that devastation of that lost dignity and helplessness. But at the same time, you have to kind of keep your head up and keep your face, you know, your game face on in front of the other girls. So I didn't want to play the victim. I didn't want Maya to be a victim, but at the same time. You know, the question is, was it weak for her to stay on board and even ask Shia, do you think I still have a chance after the whole thing went down? You know, is that weak or was it stronger in the sense that she was going to overcome this and try to win and try to she was she was truly there for the right reasons. (laughs) I mean, you know, I think I think Maya really wanted love. Mm hmm. I get that. I think, too, with your not your exit strategy, but the way you left, it kind of makes things seem more favorable for you because a lot of women may have walked away or they may have stayed. Mm -hmm. But kind of seeing you in that light, it seems like as if you you served a purpose for being Mm -hmm. there in the way in which you left. Um, And as far as Rachel is concerned, I think that sometimes people are so bad or so far gone it's hard for them to do the right thing but when they see somebody worth saving yeah it's almost like i'll do the extra thing or go the extra mile for the sake of saving you yeah you know so i do feel as if you probably did mirror her or she saw some bits of herself mm-hmm. in you so yeah 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 I, I i i'm really happy you brought that up because i think it's a really interesting parallel but sadly you know you're gone which which sucks because i really like you said she was strong maya and then she went up to shia saying do you think i still have a chance and that's when i was like oh crap i liked this girl but it shows that maya is a human being that can make the wrong choice and has vulnerabilities and still can doubt herself even though she was the one who was completely taken advantage of and that's that's a part of humanity that exists in Maya, where even though she's a strong, together woman, she can still make a mistake. And just like the girls who go on these reality dating shows, I don't think they know what they're signing up for. I mean, I was asked right. before, you know, what kind of girls sign up for this stuff? And, and I said, any, like a normal, any normal person, really, they really do. And that's the same thing when you're, I mean, when you're isolated in this household, you have no access to the outside world, no cell right. phones, no TV, no nothing. That's your life. So you still want to be a part of it. You still want to be accepted and loved and cherished by everyone involved. And it does sound like a weaker thing to say, but at the same time, she still wanted that validation. She still wanted to belong. Well, I have a question for you, and I, I keep on asking the actors that come in all these specific questions. They're like, honestly, as the writers, we don't know. But what do you know slash think really happened behind those closed doors with you and Roger? So we shot actually some, we shot some audio, because obviously we weren't going to shoot anything crazy. But we shot some audio, and it was, it was like, you know, they were, you're being raped. So she was know, raped. Yes. That was what they she were trying was, to imply. Yes. Okay. And the audio didn't make it into the final cut. But we had to shoot the audio in several different ways because they were like, no, 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 that sounds like you're enjoying it. No, 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 that sounds like, like you're really getting hurt. No, 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 like you have to make it sound kind of yes, kind of no, but, but you're intoxicated. So and it, it was only to demonstrate that rape doesn't have to be, you know, a knife up to your throat. 
rape can be something that happens like like it did with Maya mm-hmm. when it's not it might not be as brutal but it wasn't with with her consent yeah. taken advantage of because exactly. a lot of times people think they're like well if they were kissing before then you know she wanted it right but that that's not the case at all and you know you got drunk and also Shia Mary was not the only person that Shia manipulated you were the first one well you were the first big one yeah and right? that's because she had the pressure from producers mm-hmm. so Quinn I think was the one who said listen you better get that girl you know doing something and that's that's when she resorted to the tequila to begin the night yeah and all, i mean she also told you you know yeah she really emotionally manipulated me she but, did. but she because she could feel that i was doubting my and that, candidacy exactly that wasn't who you were when and being introduced to your character that's not who you struck me as the type of individual so i could see mm-hmm. as i don't see i don't like the fact that she like use the tequila as a tactic to kind of get you in that situation. However, that was what she had to resort to. That was the only other thing because she couldn't talk you into it because you were way too smart for that. Right. So that's why I think she resorted to that uh, tequila tactic. And I think that whole time, I think I was doubting. Maya was doubting uh, that she was. You know, she thought she wasn't fun enough, or she wasn't because she wasn't really getting involved. The cliques had already began, and she wasn't really mm-hmm. a part of the main clique. And it's that high school mentality of like, am I going to be popular? It's the same thing that went on, yeah, and this is how definitely. you can get popular, you know. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. That God, that episode was so heartbreaking, and you know, as was a lot of the other girls' reactions this episode. Yes, and. You know, it was kind of an unspoken issue, but how do people deal with death? Mm-hmm. What happens? And I, I kind of like that Waggerstein was there, and even though what she said to your character was so annoying, <laughs> in, in a way, it is about because what you feel <laughs> you were right completely, and Rachel agreed with you, but it every person was dealing with it in a weirdly different way, like in their own yeah. way, just like Grace had said. Mm-hmm. Maya had said to her, "You're not even crying," and she was like. I deal with my own. I deal with my own stuff my own way. Yeah, and I felt like that was a real good—not introduction, but it kind of spoke to who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see who she is and what mm-hmm. the storyline is behind her because I think they set that up for a reason. Yes, and what you she's know, been I deal with death in my own way. I've been basically, I've been through a lot. You don't know just yes. because my exterior may not be all uh, crying and sad. You don't know what's going on inside of me. So I felt like that was a good. Um, not a little montage, but a good way how they kind of yeah, you like know, a little introduced a little egg drop. Like they planted yeah. a little seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And you know, Faith was being Faith with a prayer circle. I know. <laughs> I love Faith. Frida Wool, you're yeah. the best. Yeah, who uh, we have coming on next week, guys. So Aww. of course, make sure to tune in for that. I have but, to. Yeah, I I cannot wait. And you know, her character is great, and I, I think it's gonna definitely continue to evolve. Yeah. Right. I mean, God, she could have her own show. Absolutely. Each of these oh, girls, loved each of these girls could have their own show. That's the thing is everyone's so interesting, interesting enough to carry their own show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, I, I just love because I do watch The Bachelor, Bachelor. I don't, do you watch it? I, not this season, not mm-hmm. since I've done Unreal. Okay. But before that, I used to watch it. You know, all my girlfriends and I would get together. They were going to nominate me. Really? <laughs> oh, yes. Is Unreal the reason as to why you don't watch it? Yes. Oh. It absolutely is. Because I can't enjoy it. I just can't. I, I, you know, it hurts my heart to see what goes on. Oh, wow. 
that's <laughs> that's crazy. It kind of sucks because I really enjoyed it. You know, it took away something that I would enjoy once uh, once a week. You know, when it was on TV, and it was a girls thing. We all get together, we pick our favorite girls, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. or guys. When it's flipped the other way, but um, yeah, I can't do it anymore. I just feel so bad. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the ones who look extra crazy because they may be crazy, right? But. Right. I also know all the manipulation now and all yeah. the editing. Editing. Publication. Yeah. Woo! Editing. Oh, yeah. Editing. A lot of editing. Um, and, you know, Anna, she feels yes. guilty. It, I I feel really bad for her. She should not be there. She needs to go home and be with her family. She and does. They, they should have let her go episodes ago. And you kind of saw... To me, I felt like she sort of blamed herself because... She, how they had her come into the whole date thing with Mary and Adam. Mm-hmm. To me, I felt like those tears were behind a little bit of guilt. As oh, in, yeah. You know, I may have played a role in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she's a very sensitive character. Yeah. yeah. She is. I, I love having her around, but at the same time, I'm like, go home with Maya. Like, all of you. <laughs> Maya, come on, girls. I was yeah. like, Faith can pretend to fall in love with Adam. <laughs> and, like, they, you know, no and one will get her. Exactly. That but part. you know what, though? I have to say, I feel like Joanna, uh, who plays uh, the character, it's like, I, I forget what the actor's character's names are, but Johanna Brady, so she plays the one yeah. you're talking about. And I feel like they have a real connection, her and Adam. I really do feel like that they do. Yeah. So I think that's why she stays. She's, you know, she feels something. All the girls feel something. Yeah. And, and, and it's sad. I have this written down. I, like, he doesn't, I don't think he feels anything for any of them except for maybe his nether parts for Grace. <laughs> and like that—that that's the strongest thing he has going on. And then, the, but really, it's Rachel. Is but the you see, you see him have like sensitivities towards different characters at different times. It just seems like it's whatever his mood is, and whoever he feels a common bond with at, at that time. Like with Rachel, I do feel like, especially in this last episode, you do see how he cuddles her and tells her she's not a monster after he had said that she was. See, but I, maybe I'm just like a naive soul or something, but mm-hmm. I I do believe that it's possible for for him to actually care about some of these girls. He, you know, I think he does care Am about I their well being. No, you're I not think wrong. he does. Yeah, and it, like I said, after being isolated for so long with these people, just like any social study would show you, you know, social relations study, you you see enough of a person's face, you actually start to like them, <laughs> even your own enemy. I, yeah, I think he likes them from a friend point of view, or just from the. Or just for the sake for companionship. the that the companionship or the humanity in him as if you know I see what you're kind of going on because he knows mm-hmm. it's nothing but madness going mm-hmm. on in that household but as far as a love connection I don't really see it between him or any of the characters I feel like he is like mm-hmm. we said he is playing the game but at a certain time it kind of messes with your head and so a lot of that that's going on he knows it's not right so yeah I feel it might like not be love yeah he yeah. may be what kind of he is what's keeping a lot of those girls there because when they see him they feel this sense of protectiveness or security mm-hmm. from him so 
I think that's just what he says. Like yeah, big I mean, brother. <laughs> yeah, well, with <laughs> really? faith, with faith, that's definitely, yeah, that's for sure. What's definitely. going on? It's just sad that girls like Anna, especially, mm-hmm. really think that they're falling in love with him because at this point in you know the Schmatchler, you know <laughs> series, uh, they would say, "I'm starting to fall in love with you," kind of yeah. thing, and he's not starting to fall in love with anybody but Rachel. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it's because he can relate, again, relatability, to the fact that she's she's alone and she's trying to make something of herself. And he is trying to do the same thing without his family. Mm-hmm. And there is that, that we can do it together. Yeah, we can do this. We can get over the hardship together. I yeah. love how you just connect the dots. And I just, you know, know. Draw all the parallels. Dude, this girl <laughs> is so smart. <laughs> <laughs> she's a USC Pepperdine That's alum. Right. Like, <laughs> Fight on. <laughs> Fight on. I know. I was like, you two were both USC alums, but you know, she, you're obviously a very smart person, as like, I can tell by talking to you. And, you know, this show, it, it's also hard sometimes when you play someone, not saying that Maya's stupid. Maya obviously is intelligent. She's, you know, this wine connoisseur. Mm-hmm. But uh, you yourself, would you have made the decisions that Maya mm-hmm. did? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, this is a hard question. It's a very hard question to ask. It's easy to stand on the outside and say, if that, you know, if that were me, I wouldn't do that. But then when you're, when you take those shoes off of Maya and I put them on myself and I'm placed in that environment, in that situation, having spent weeks and months with these people, with their diets and the alcohol and everything else that goes on there and that energy, maybe I would have made those decisions too. I can't stand on the other side and say I wouldn't have done that because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't there. But, I would hope that my right mind would not do that, but you just don't know. Right. I, I, I do agree with you. I do agree. But as far as using yourself, when you recognize or are looking on the outside, looking into the looking glass, mm-hmm. even for yourself, you don't really tune into The Bachelor anymore because mm-hmm. of you working on the show. So maybe or possibly, depending on the type of person you are, because you are, you seem very strong willed, mm-hmm. uh, you got a good head on your shoulder. So I will say that. Thank as you. Far, no, you no problem. <laughs> One woman to another. <laughs> but I kind of see. In situations like this, when you can kind of see what's going on or, or occurring and try to prevent yourself from doing or following the same path as other people, you can kind of prevent yourself or save yourself from walking into something you may not be prepared for or may not know how to rebound from. And I agree. And I think Maya wouldn't do that again because she's mm-hmm. been there and she learned her lesson. Right. And you that's know, a big lesson. That's a big lesson. Sometimes you have to go through it yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if you see someone else doing it and you say, oh, I'll never do that. But you end up in that situation then for sure you won't ever do that again. Let's hope. Some people do. Well, you know, just so everyone knows, humans and sheep are the only pe- are the only <laughs> um, animals that make mistakes twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, all other animals, if they do something wrong once, they don't do it again. <laughs> Not, literally, that is a statistic. It's us and sheep. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. Know. Where's your source? <laughs> right. I, I make a couple of mistakes was that over and over and over I need to again. review those stats. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, who knows? I, I have no idea. Okay. But humans can make, yeah, make mistakes we twice, just, thrice, five times, ten times. Just every every year. <laughs> <laughs> and still not learn from it. The same one. Okay. Well, speaking of um, bad choices, let's talk about the lawyers. Oh my gosh. Oy, 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 their job. They're, they come and they're pissed. They are like, seriously, guys, 
Yeah, did this really just happen? Yeah, and then they could talk to college reports that Mary had alcohol in her system and was off of her medication. Yes, but the interesting question that Quinn brought up was people who are on meds go on and off their meds all the time. So was it really the switching out of the pills that caused this situation to happen? Or was it the fact that she just maybe that, that day decided she wanted to drink some alcohol and not be on her meds anymore? We all know that like that's not really what happened. I guess. I mean, I don't think. Like, I mean, I don't know. well, I'll, but Shia, who knows what kind of powder she was? Like, I, I saw her pouring the powder from I pill know. to pill, what and I was, was just that? like, oh, yeah, I feel right. like all of it. It was just like a domino effect. Everything mm-hmm. affected everything, mm-hmm. basically, from her switching out the pills, from them adding the whole Kurt character. All of that added to the intensity of that moment. So they all contributed to that. Just like anything else, it's like the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, yeah. So you're right. I mean, for the sake of storytelling in this situation, yes, they're trying to paint the the production as being the cause of of all the wrongdoing that's going on but there has to be a little bit of responsibility in in the character's choices as well mm-hmm. you know and it's true she did mary crack the bottle open after quinn came in and spoke with her you know quinn walked out she didn't pour open the bottle and say here drink you know it was mary who took that advice and you know three people can take the same advice and all three might reach for the bottle. None might reach for the bottle. Two might reach for the bottle. So, but who's responsible for reaching for the bottle, and what and what drives that? You know, so how do you take information in and make the choice? And there was a reason for her taking the pills anyway. And mm. She seemed to have some type of not psych- well, psychological issues going mm-hmm. on anyway because that's why she was taking bipolarism exactly. So that added in, in, into the whole equation as well. So mm-hmm. it was a lot going on. But they all kind of triggered each other. And you're right, though. If they had not brought in her ex-husband, I'm sure none of this would have really happened. I think that was really the worst decision producers could have made that did contribute to her death. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a lot of finger-pointing between Shia to Quinn and Rachel. Yeah. Just, you know, you're the one that brought the ex-husband in, but they're like, um... Hello, no, you're, you're the one that literally took powder from each of her pills and put it into other capsules. Like, I mean, that itself. That's so wrong. Right. Rachel was just looking for somebody else to blame because she was dealing with a lot of self guilt, too. I mean, she watched the Mary fall to her death. So she had a bit of her own personal issues going on. So when Shia revealed that information to her, she just took the bait. She's good at manipulating. That's when it just, the flashlight kind of switched back on for her, like game time. I guess, but if I were Rachel, I would be like, wow, no, this was definitely your fault. You physically... Yeah, you it, can't mess with someone's yeah, It's one thing to mentally manipulate, which is definitely not okay, but it's another thing to mess physically with someone's medication. Yeah, the chemicals going through their, their neurosystem. Yeah, I mean, because that could literally cause someone to go into anaphylactic shock. Like, you don't know what a com- diff- weird combination of things at different times a day is going to do. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that, you're right, hands down, that was the absolute worst thing that anybody mm-hmm. probably could have done on that entire show yeah and quinn even said to shia she was like this could be a murder charge and and if they revealed that and if, if the lawyers and the police knew what shia did she would be going to jail for murder 100 percent. and what's so sad is that i don't think shia is mature enough to understand how heavy duty that mm-hmm. that mistake was you know she's probably thought oh, i'm gonna switch this out i need my girl to win or whatever it was i don't think she really caught that that someone could actually die as a result that that is true too and she didn't know that Kirk was going to be coming into play either. So that mm-hmm. was when, when I saw him, I'm like, this is when her whole plan is going to backfire. Mm-hmm. Because that is her victimizer, and two, mm-hmm. Mary was sort of ambushed. Mm-hmm. So those 
mm-hmm. situations into that whole equation or whatever that was going on. That kind of, like I said, it was a domino effect. It triggered everything. She's off her medicine. She has confronted her abuser. The person mm-hmm. she didn't expect to see. Her child is there, you know, witnessing all of that. So she had all of those emotional issues going on, too. So, And people, yeah. when they do deal with, with trauma or reminders of trauma, they will reach for the bottle or they will reach for a cigarette or they will, you know, make a mistake. They will go and sleep with someone or, you know, they reach for something to cope. And exactly. if their coping mechanism is going to be to abuse alcohol or to get off their meds and get crazy, that could be a choice, too, because that that was a huge trigger and she needed to right. cope. Yeah, and Shia was panicked last week when Kirk came to set. She was like, oh my god, no, 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 because she knew that that would be too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was. Uh, Let's talk about, again, Rachel and Jeremy. (laughs) Just because I want to make sure we cover it. Yeah, it's just like every episode, it's like, love, love, love. Like, they love each other. We get it. But they finally showed it. Um... In the uh, trailer that Rachel lived in, mm-hmm. lives yeah, the in. lighting truck. Yeah, the light, the truck. It's not even a trailer, actually. It's a freaking truck. Uh, and you know, he's trying to console her. They have what they call, well, she calls guilt sex, which I think prompts him to pull away. A yeah, little bit. it's it's interesting. It's almost like he's more sensitively uh, involved than she is. Oh, for sure. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I just didn't get that from him. To me, it was kind of like he kind of got what he wanted and he wanted that rough sex that his girlfriend or his fiance wasn't giving him. So it's kind of like she's in her vulnerable state of mind. Let me go and take advantage. That's kind of what I got a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's something that I have going on here. (laughs) (laughs) My own personal issues. However... Exactly. No. You know, we all men had a Jeremy. You know? <laughs> if I had a Jeremy, we would be married, and I would like not even be talking to you guys. Right? No, now I watch out for those man. Jeremys. Those Jeremys will get you in trouble. No, but um, that's kind of what I thought he was trying to take advantage. Mm. I don't know. I disagree. I think you do too, I right? I think I think he was looking to. to with Rachel, he could be himself. And if that means it's rough sex, or, you know, there's no judgment in it, and and they enjoy it, and she accepts him for who he is. And I think his fiance is, you know, she wants she wants the picket fence, and ha- you know, she has a very traditional way of seeing things. And he's doing what's right by being with a person like that because it's checking the boxes. But his heart goes with the crazy person, with mm-hmm. Rachel, you know. And so that's that. A lot of people go through that. True. That that is right. You know what's right to do, but then you want to be. You know, you want to find the person who sees you as who you are, and that's Rachel that sees him. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a love square going on (laughs) Uh, because then there's also Rachel and Adam. Like we talked, you know, we've talked about this. They are like I feel like Adam is the devil on her shoulder, and Jeremy is the angel. Yeah, I mean, it, but uh, like I, I love Adam. I love him too. I mean, if I had my choice, I don't know who I would choose. It's so there. hard for me not to like Adam, Freddie, because as an actor, he's just such a sweetheart. <laughs> he really is such a sweetheart. I mean, he doesn't drink. He, you know, we would have these dance parties and just break it down, hey. and he's just like the sweetest, most simple person, like kind, intelligent, intellectual, all of the above, non-judgmental. So it's so hard for me to see him as Adam. As the suitor. So I can't help but to to always care about him as who he is. I just don't see him as Adam. 
You know, it's very hard for me to accept that he might be in it for the wrong reasons. It's I, very hard. With their whole square that they have going on, whatever it is, <laughs> octagon, I don't yeah, know, I somebody else may be thing. thrown into play. I don't know. But with that whole situation, I feel as if when Jeremy and Rachel had their little encounter, I, maybe that was Rachel trying to kind of give Jeremy one last shot to get it right. And mm-hmm. then when, because we saw him d- come into that whole protector role when things hit the fan with Rachel. But mm-hmm. when he walked away with Lizzie, I felt like for her, that was him walking away from what could have potentially had or where they could have picked up at. And so that's why she ended up in the bed with Adam. Like, well, let me mm-hmm. go give this a shot because this is not going to change Jeremy or his fiance situation. I obviously can't break that up. So for, I feel like that was her coming to realization. Like he may not be what you need right now. And and so, interesting. Go get the yeah. next best thing. Interesting. See, I saw it as, <laughs> yeah, next, <laughs> but I saw it as, she knew that it's right for him to be with someone else because her life is so chaotic and her, everything she's going through is not healthy for him. So it's almost in a way of accepting that he's choosing to make the, the quote-unquote right decision and she knows that that's probably the better decision for him. And I think she then be- is lonely. She realizes how lonely she is and she just wants to be not alone in a trailer, in a you know in a lighting, lighting truck. She just wants to be with someone like everybody else is. She probably just wants to be in a real bed. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought, <laughs> you know. Too. Like Yeah, I was so happy for her that she got a real pillow too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, girl, you just need to coordinate with Grace and like just right. <laughs> when she's not there, when yeah. she's busy getting it, you know, you, on, you get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, because what I liked about it, too, is because I always said Jeremy, even though her and Jeremy do have the physical relationship, obviously, mm-hmm. Rachel and Adam, they're even though they haven't gotten physical, like the chemistry mm-hmm. and like it's so like, you know, when they do, it's going to be like crazy. It's I, like, go ahead. What? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you it's just like a Romeo and Juliet story where it's so it's so never going to happen. You know, he comes from an entirely different lifestyle and world than she does. But there's that. There is that um, that bond, that link, you know, right. through that, through that. I feel as if, too, they both serve, like, different people, serve as different people for her. As far as mm-hmm. Jeremy, is, Jeremy is concerned, that's where I get to see a lot of her vulnerability and where she kind of lets her guard down. And it's kind of like, oh, my God, I'm going through all of this stuff. And he's there to comfort her. But with Adam, I see her kind of being the aggressor more so. Not as much physically, but being able to kind of take advantage and dominate. So I kind of see she kind of gets the good and the bad, like the oil and water. Well, so. she she knows that he wants her. He's made it pretty clear. Who? Adam? Adam. I mean, I know, but I feel like she kind of uses that to her advantage. She knows she wants him, so she kind of can be dominant and aggressive when it comes to that. But as far as Jeremy is concerned, she can't really fight him off. He's True. her weakness. But she might also feel unworthy of Adam. You know, and she might have that defense mechanism of just pushing him off with her attitude or her control because she, in the end, doesn't really believe that she's even worthy of his Mm -hmm. care because of where he comes from. Stature. Well, I feel like that is kind of the, that's, for in my mind, that's Rachel, how she thinks of Jeremy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't think the stature mm, of Adam, mm. any of that really... I, I honestly think she looks down on him a mm. little bit. And so, you know, mm-hmm. she has these two guys, and it's just a very fascinating dynamic, especially because Adam is supposed to be finding his wife. <laughs> oh, that was just a Oh, yeah, that. that. Like, <laughs> like, did you guys forget? <laughs> I thought he was looking for a girlfriend. <laughs> 
just yeah. thought it was a big zoo in there. I just totally no. lost track of what the goal was. I didn't know who was finding who. Everybody right? else was finding love but Adam. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's crazy. On on the Bachelor series, like, there have been, like, they cover it up well, but there have been stories about contestants with producers that <sighs> have, you know, I think it was the last season of, or it was Bachelor Paradise, I think, or ba- yeah, I think it was Bachelor in Paradise. One of the girls hooked up with a producer, and then the producer jumped literally out of off of. Did you not hear she jumped what? up? No. So someone knocked on the door. They were together hooking up a contestant, but right before the show started itself, and a camera guy actually. I'm sorry, it was a camera guy, and he. Uh, someone knocked. They freaked. He went on the balcony and tried to jump off to like escape, and he broke his leg. And they had him, they filmed him in the hospital saying his name and saying that like he made a mistake with like a broken leg and everything. What? Oh yeah. What? Yeah. This season? No, it was Bachelor in Paradise last year, I believe. Are you too? See, that? I think I'm gonna have to do what Faith does and pray before every, <laughs> every episode. <laughs> because and pray. Goodness, it's like a lot of stuff going on back mentally. Yeah. yeah. I hope their doctors are legit. <laughs> and not like <laughs> doctors are legit. Dr. Wagger scene. Exactly. But you know, she she did try to uh, help. I help. feel like she would drive somebody crazy. She, I feel like she, <laughs> right, right. She's just like, shut up, stick a sock in it. But she, I do think she cares. But, I do too. But at the same time, how can she stand staying on a show like that, knowing that it's so unhealthy? It's like the Stanford experiment. Yeah. Well, everyone has their own story. Like we don't know Wags' story. Yeah. I call her Wags for short. I no already wags. like. I know she. You know <laughs> that, she might. <laughs> supporting her like grandchildren or something yeah Who yeah knows? that's so true you never know you never know TV money why they're there. good money they say yeah. so yeah. that's what I heard alright so well someone we really haven't touched on upon a lot is uh, Chet and Quinn this episode who are brought closer together by this death yeah and Chet ends up literally leaving his wife because life is too short or mm-hmm. so he says I guess he had to no. make a call I don't know. How many times is he gonna leave his wife? Right? Yeah, I mean, how many pregnancies pregnant. does she exactly. need? Like twins, quadruplets, or what's gonna keep him around? No, I think you're right. I think, I think at the end of the episode, that's the whole thing. Is Rachel ends up in the bed with Adam? Adam cuddles her. It's not sex. It's a need to be cherished and a need to be seen. And then there's Quinn with Chet, and he mm-hmm. says, you know, it's like. All her walls come tumbling down. You can see them in her eyes when he says, I left my wife. And, you know, she's already resigned to the idea of never being with him. Right. So now that, that, you know, that breaks her open, too. It doesn't really touch too much on it yet. And two, I think Chet was going based off of the death and the circumstances surrounding Mary's death. So I felt like that was kind of him looking into the mirror and kind of really realizing I kind of got to get myself together. Mm -hmm. But as far as Quinn... To me, she just looks like a victim, even still in this situation. She's more of a victim than I may have come into reali- come to realize beforehand. To me, she just she seems so vulnerable in that moment. Moment, like it's like I've been waiting all these years mm-hmm. for you to say those words. I'm mm-hmm. leaving my wife, but how mm-hmm. long are you gonna wait? Like it took him this many years, or took the, him this long to kind of want to get his act together. I mean, mm-hmm. for goodness sakes, he's having a child. She <laughs> right? always change situations for the good or for the bad. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't I don't think it's gonna, they're not healthy for each other. It's interesting to see such a strong, seemingly strong character like her mm-hmm. choose a man who's with another woman who's you know not the healthiest man, let's say, who abuses drugs, who's you know in an industry where he's pretty much a monster himself, and yet she chooses a man like that. 
it's interesting because you would think she can just have anyone, really. I mean, she's so powerful and strong, but you're right. She has this vulnerability and she loves the wrong person. Again, it's all about falling for the wrong person. And to me, she just, and not a lot of women, but I'll say for myself, we we tend to like to fix things. She seems like a fixer. She likes people or gravitates towards people she can be dominating over and make them or shape them into what she wants them to be and at that moment that was probably like oh I finally you finally cracked you finally have become or manned up become the man that I wanted you to be so that just shows me a lot about her and her character she wants to fix things even with the relationships on set from the shy situation to the Rachel situation like I got this don't worry about it mm-hmm. with the Chet situation she saved that whole show mm-hmm. I mean she kind of got the ball rolling so mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, you question Chet, too. I mean, he did right. give her the 40% when he didn't really have to, based on a sentimental piece that she may or may not have actually created. But, you know, the cast that says, the, where he wrote, I love you on it, and it was the only time he ever said, I love you to her, and she kept it. So there is a silver lining of love in between all the chaos and darkness. You're like me. Like, I'm in... I'm, I'm Optimistic? Oh, so much. Like, <laughs> no. I'm a naive optimistic, oh, like... I, I just want to see love, like, and I, I will know. try to find it in any situation I can, even when it's pretty obvious, like, it's messed up. Well, if you I want know. me to lay it all yeah, I know. Here we go. Come to me at call 1-800, <laughs> and I will get you straight, you know? <laughs> no, because I feel like they both need each other, and Chet, let's be honest, Chet cannot run that whole machine by himself. No. And Quinn can't either. They mm-hmm. both need each other. Um, and they both realized that they did at the me- at the pitch meeting. So, mm-hmm. yes. so he's like, if I let you go, if I don't give you what you want, what am I going to do? Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, you know, obviously Maya leaves, which we are very sad about. But I'm yeah. I'm, I'm happy that she has uh, kind of Moved wised on. up and uh, <laughs> gotten the hell out of there. Got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, seriously, because honestly, you know, that's what the rest of them should should be doing. But you know. Grace is staying because Grace and Anna both, I think, want to be with him. It's interesting. They have, I think a lot of the women that, not a lot, but the few that did stay is because they have a competitiveness within each, you know, each other's relationships. So it's, it's because Maya never had that really. It was easier to leave. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have to win between the girls, but I feel like the girls have their own competition. Yeah, absolutely. And then too with Anna, it's almost like, what does she have to go back to? Mm, and then as far away. as Grace's character, we clearly she has some issues going on her yeah. own self. Yeah. So what does she have to run back to? And right. we're gonna see that in the upcoming episode. Yeah. Yep. All right, well that pretty much sums it up. Let's get into <laughs> some quick predictions. I don't think you can tell us much, Natasha, yeah. but uh Crystal Ball. <laughs> I need a crystal ball. I know as much as you do. Me and you, Asia. Just kidding. Um so definitely with Grace's character, we're definitely gonna see the storyline and uh what has kinda what shaped her into the character or the person she is on the show. Also with Jeremy, I think he is going to end up realizing he let the one he really loves slip away uh, for what he thought was right, but he didn't go with his first instinct, which is to follow your heart. He went with what he thought looked good. Um, so I definitely kind of see him coming face to face with I the fact that I let say. a good woman go. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that Grace and Anna are going to be final two, and um, I I think that he's going to pick one, but be with Rachel. But I also think the Rachel and Jeremy thing is well. Rachel, 
I'm sorry, Jeremy and his fiance Lizzie are gonna break up very soon. I mean, poor girl, like they really they they really need to. Quinn and Chet, we're seeing Chet slowly become a better person, which is exactly why I think he's gonna die because it's gonna tear at our heartstrings. Um, you know, because he's proved himself, and I don't know. I just I love this show so much. Ah. Oh. Thank you. It's such a, it's something I'm so proud of being a part of, you know, because women can relate, relate in the sense of wanting to root for, for the right one. Yeah. And there are a lot of powerful women in the show. Mm-hmm. That part too. You know, Very. we need that. And you see a lot of different types of women too. Yes. It's not like yes. one set beach body. Oh, I'm so cute. <laughs> you know, you kind of get a lot of different women. Yeah. So. And, and I also love that like what meets the eye, like when you meet somebody, a character, it's, they dig into who they are, what made them who they are. Yeah. Don't make assumptions about people. You exactly. don't know what happened to them. Exactly. That's the beauty of the show. You know what they say? Well, my mom says, what glistens ain't always gold. That's what my mom says mm-hmm. too. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We so appreciate you tuning in, and thank you so much, thank Natasha. You. For thank you so Asia. much. Uh, thank you. Both. This was amazing. All right, Asia. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find Asia Monet at Asia M Selden, and that's spelled A J A for those who do not know. And all right, you Natasha, anywhere else we can find you? I'm at Natasha Wilson on Twitter and the official Natasha Wilson, or not Natasha Wilson official on Instagram. I'm new to this stuff, okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I need to get, yeah, so are you and fluid with this. So funny. I know, we both were. We both signed up on set while we were working. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, of course, you guys can follow AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can follow me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sam Davidson entertainment.com we will see you next week bye from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV buzz you later The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.